Good afternoon and welcome to Footy from Across the Pond, episode number five. In my opinion, the best podcast in Southern California. Football related. I'm Dave Matthews and I'm joined by Nick Madden. Hey Dave, how are you? Not bad. Now, where's JD? I think there's a ghost in the room. We've lost him. <laughs> JD, where are you? Please come back, JD. We JD has, he's ditched us today to have a day out in Hollywood. Well, you know, whatever. We can do it without him. We'll we? try. We're going to try our best. It's going to be difficult. So, how was your weekend, Nick? Was it good? Yeah, it was good. Um, I think we had a good weekend. We yeah. managed to see some brilliant soccer games. Saw the best move by um, one of the greatest soccer players of U12 level, Mr. Spencer Howard. So, well done. He's our youngest listener. Youngest listener and younger um, sort of foreign brother. Yeah. He's our American brother. He is our American brother. By far. Anyway, Spencer, before we mention you. And his you younger brother, to. actually, um made um, four assists and one goal in a 5-0 drubbing of another U10 team. So, Justin, Justin. well done. Justin. Okay, swine flu. <laughs> <laughs> it's dominating the press. It seems it? to be the talking point right now. Uh, Blackburn have three players who are ill with swine flu, apparently. Uh, they haven't actually confirmed the names, but it's believed to be Chris Samba and David Dunn were two of them because they missed the 5-0 defeat to Chelsea. Now, my question Weren't is... Weren't all the players missing the 5-0 defeat from Chelsea? Yeah, I think they all had it, to be fair. They played like they all had it. Except <laughs> for Paul Robinson, they actually pulled off some had, good yeah. saves. Them two just had the severe version. Uh, <laughs> Nick, should this game have gone ahead after the revelation that they've got a swine flu outbreak at the club? Well, you saw it in France this week where um, the match was abandoned, but I just think that you should carry on playing the game because... It's a tight fixture congestion. The World Cup's coming up. The, these Premier League teams have enough players to cover the spots. You talk about, um, I saw in the Everton game, Everton were missing 11 players. And then and, and Everton could still field a squad that was um, probably better than the Bolton team that they were playing against, even mm-hmm. though they lost a match. Like, a great goal by Saha. And you see that, you know, they have enough players to cover all positions. So they should still play the games. Well... The reason why, obviously, this has been brought up was because, obviously, it is quite contagious, apparently. Now, I fully understand uh, Mark Hughes came out in the week because I know Michael Richards suffered from it during the summer. And he said that with the way soccer players are or professional footballers are, they're very, obviously, healthy. Mm-hmm. They've got a very healthy lifestyle and they're probably going to recover quite quickly. However, are they considering the 40,000 fans inside Stanford Bridge <laughs> who are probably all right now <laughs> coughing away and having days off work because they've caught swine flu off uh, some of Blackburn's players who probably just caught it just before the game? Well, Was that right? Because are they are basically, are they taking the supporters' health into consideration there by just playing the game? Probably not, but in any large area, you think of if you go to a music concert... You know, if you go to any like event where there's more, there's, you know, thousands and thousands of people, you know, hygienically, you know, it's not possible to help everyone. Mm. You know, it just even if one fan goes for a beer, then goes and pisses in the toilet, doesn't clean his hands, opens the door for the other fan coming in or how many other fans there are in a soccer stadium's toilet. And you see that there's germs everywhere, you know, so hygienically soccer grounds are probably not the best anyway so I'm sure that someone's going to catch swine flu and it's, you know it's going to happen so when I read this story I thought of the film Outbreak with Dustin Hoffman have you ever seen it? <laughs> no, Every, everyone gets a, a severe like, a, a, 
illness is going to kill people, and basically everyone's getting it. And I just thought of this, although thankfully swine flu isn't causing the amount of deaths that it was originally predicted to. Because back about six months ago, the world was going to end, according to medical <laughs> experts. But thankfully we're all here. We haven't got it yet. But um, another funny story from uh, swine flu. This is how you could use it to your advantage. I can't name the person, but all I know is <laughs> over a game over the last weekend in a youth soccer game, one of the coach's kids had swine flu the week before, and they recovered. And five minutes into the game, they made a clear shout of, oh, fantastic play. See, you've really recovered well from that swine flu. For the rest of the game, they didn't go near that player, the opposition. So it works. So I'm, I think, you know, I think if whole city manager Phil Brown's got any sense, he should probably announce that Bose Myhill's the carrier. Because then no one's going to actually want to go near him. That could work. Phil, there's a bit of advice for We'd you. We'd still probably but, lose. Um, I think, you know, Sam Allardyce said the Premier League has tried to sit on the fence by saying we didn't request to have the game called off. But apparently back in February, March, uh, when we took some guidelines that unless there was some government legislation, everyone had to do whatever they had to do. If there was a swine flu outbreak, you couldn't call the game off no matter what. So the Premier League have made their obviously stance on that quite clear, according to Big Sam. Uh, looking actually at the game, Nick, Chelsea were pretty impressive. Uh, Very impressive. I was um, really, really impressed with um, Le Sulk. Le Sulk. Yeah, I can't believe that Nelka... Um, j- it just is a complete player playing with um, a smile on his face. He's a bit Henri-esque, actually. He like, seems to drift off to that left-hand side, always pick up the ball, coming on his right hand, right, on his right foot. And he's really dangerous. And um, he's providing um, assists and um, scoring some goals. And I'm really impressed with him this season. And his partnership with Drogba, people said they couldn't play together. And Ancelotti's made it work. It's by so. far the best partnership in the Premiership right now. Yeah, the amount of goals they've accumulated between the two of them. Well, we've both got, um, you've got an Elka in your dream team, or you did have, and I yep. have Drogba. So it just shows that both of them are formidable in their partnership. It was also good to see the return of Mr. Joe Cole. And oh, yes. I think I'm right in saying this is one of the first times he's actually been played in the hole behind the front two. Because normally for Chelsea in England, he always is pushed out wide. But in Chelsea's new system with this diamond formation, he played just behind. And he should have had a goal in the first minute. He missed a very easy header. Mm. But his performance was pretty outstanding Uh considering he hasn't played for since January. Yeah. So Fabio Capello will be very happy with that. Do you see him breaking straight back into the England squad? Yeah, definitely. If um, if we continue to play Steven Gerrard on the left, I don't think that's going to work. No. But I do think that if you have Joe Cole on the team, then maybe, maybe we can afford to even go with one striker because Gareth Barry, I need to play to help um, Gerard and Lampard play together. Unless you play Cole on the left and Gerard on the right and play mm-hmm. a diamond, yep. then you can play two up front. If not, where's Aaron Lennon or Sean Ryan Phillips or even Theo Walcott, who's my pick? Where are they going to go? Yeah, it's great to see great to see Joe Cole back as he's been missed a lot by Chelsea and England. Now moving on, uh, the biggest game of the weekend took place at Anfield and <laughs> Liverpool defied the odds. We were all predicting it was all going to go wrong. And they put on a good performance. But was this down to Liverpool's brilliance or United's ineptness? Because United weren't at their best, were they? No, they definitely weren't at their best. Um, their midfield lacked creativity, definitely. And um, Benitez um, paid, played um, a tactical masterstroke by actually um, doubling up on Valencia. Mm. So we've been saying that Valencia hasn't been living up to his hype in Manchester United. But some, um, some of um, the reporters have said that Valencia's actually been one of their better players. So that just shows if we don't think he's living up and people are saying that he's one of their better players then the rest of the team aren't living up. It's funny to see that Darren Fletcher isn't in the lineup, and they, they're not playing so well. Yeah, I was having a conversation with a friend about this this week and he mocked the uh, 
opinion you made two weeks ago about Fletcher, but it's a true fact. Whenever he plays, United do not lose a game. Another part of United's team that's been getting a lot of criticism is the partnership of Nemanja Vidic and Rio Ferdinand. Mm. Uh, do you think Ferdinand was at fault for Torres' goal? I thought it was a bit harsh to blame him no. for it because I think Torres isn't exactly a bad striker. And <laughs> although maybe yeah. his positioning to start with wasn't that great, there was no way he was going to recover because Torres, when he gets through on goal, there's only going to be one um, answer and that's to bang the ball in the back of the net. Yeah, well, um, you saw it in um, the Man City game where... Um, Adebayor got the ball slipped through on them, that side of the defender, sort of left-hand side of the defender. And you see Adebayor every time he turns his defender that way. And that's exactly what Torres did. Yes. And, it, he, you know, he just beat him with his strength and his pace. And, yeah, Rio's positioning could have been could have been a little bit better. But, you know, he I don't, don't think he was definitely at fault for the game. I, the goal, I thought that it was just Torres' brilliant, like you said, brilliant play. And he was going to finish it, wasn't he? Yeah, Sir Alex Ferguson came out after the game and accused the referee, who I actually can't remember who it was, but he's no, quite an remember. inexperienced referee, and he claimed that he wasn't experienced enough to take a game of that magnitude. Didn't he say because of the crowd? Yeah. Um, but the, the, the crowd influence, wasn't that the Manchester United fans throwing beach yeah, balls? Yeah, beach on balls the, on before the on game. The Here you go, boys. We'll bring you some beach balls. Where do they get all these beach balls from up north? I thought that, this, um, I thought that the stewards were going to search everyone to make sure they didn't bring them in. I know. I bet they probably like because um, obviously some of the Manchester United fans probably hid them in their prawn sandwiches I'm sure <laughs> and then just blew them up inside the field exactly but, but um, no, I think that was funny but it, you know they can't blame the referee for a rubbish performance and I don't know do you think it was a great performance by Liverpool or do you think it was just Liverpool I, definitely dominated the game but United just they're just not there right now then their midfield, as we've already mentioned, is lacking serious creativity. Uh, Rooney up front looks pretty isolated right now. He's not getting much support. And defensively, obviously, with Vidic and Ferdinand being a bit shaky. Well, Vidic got sent off as <laughs> yeah, well. Yeah, Vidic so. got sent off as well. It, it, they're just not looking too strong right now. And I think Ferguson needs to maybe invest in January because right now, them and Liverpool, who were arguably before the season started the two favourites for the title, are the two teams that are dropping the most points because they're getting... Um, they're just getting shown up a bit more. Like United didn't play exactly great against Bolton last week, so no. some interesting things going in, on. At it was Old interesting Trafford. to see that um, Ben Oyum was one who set up the goal, and he's normally the one that's obviously substituted mm -hmm. from Benitez because he's like someone said. Like there was a report that he can't really trust him because he keeps floating out of he's position. He's a great player, but like. he's so creative. Oh. And then the other person who set up the second goal was Lucas. Yeah, and who and scored the f second goal? David Ungok, the most hated man on Merseyside, along with Andre Boronin. Well, and Lucas as and well. And Lucas. And it's so crazy how they're, they're the three players that, you know, have really shown something. Do you think this is a, will kickstart Liverpool season, this win? Probably not. Probably not. I, I bet you any money it's going to be down to consistency. I think that they'll have a bad result against Leon. I think Leon will turn him over again. Mm -hmm. And it'll be interesting to see um, how they do in the next game as well. Because um, the uh, next game is against Fulham and Fulham are at home. And I think Fulham are doing all right mm -hmm. at the moment. So uh, Last thing, obviously, Benitez, he needs to show a bit more enthusiasm on the sidelines. When, when Fernando Torres put that in, he showed no emotion. Like Liverpool fans need to see a manager who really, it looks like he wants to win the game. But Benitez is not showing any emotion right now. Has he given up? Has he just lost... You know, I know he's not the most characteristic ma uh, manager out there anyway, but he's not showing anything on the sidelines. And it doesn't inspire me as a fan if I see my managers standing there when we've just scored our biggest goal of the season, just standing there and 
not even showing any emotion. Like, how would you feel as a fan seeing that? Would that affect your opinion? Well, maybe I think it was a bit of a relief than anything from Benitez. He was probably like, Phew, thank God. <laughs> thank God we've actually scored. That was a great decision to put in Torres, even though he's not fully fit. He was probably just thinking that. And yeah, you need that emotion, but I'd rather him show the emotion at the end of the game when mm-hmm. they've won the game. Because, you know... For all he knew, that, that they could have added on 10 more minutes at the end of the game and Man United could have stuck three in. Yeah, Ferguson was asking for 10 more minutes, but he actually <laughs> didn't get it for once. Uh, so United suffered defeat uh, on the other team in Manchester. They had a bit of a disappointing performance against Fulham. They were 2 nil up and then it kind of went a bit wrong for City. Yeah, what? Mark Hughes was complaining about the defence and how they shouldn't have um, leaked to the goals and it's very inconsistent of them. They've been leaking goals as late and... You know, Adeboyo um, hasn't scored actually since he's famously got banned and stuff. He hasn't poached in. Although that since. goal at the weekend, like Les Scott done a bit of a David Nugent for England. He just he was on the goal line. He smashed the ball in. <laughs> but a bit it's cheeky. still fact. They all count. And John Les got to see my dream team. So I'm a fantasy football. So I was happy about that. Um, mm. Did you see Bobby Samore's miss? No, I didn't. I saw um, Damien Duff's great goal. I was impressed with Damien Duff. And Martin Petrov scored a good goal as well. Yeah. But I, I miss him. Miss it was miss. a miss. Like, Bobby's missed a few in the past, but this one's probably going to go on top of his collection. He's got a whole DVD's worth. You could probably buy a DVD at the end of his career if Bobby's and Moore's misses. There's probably more of them than goals. Sorry, well, is Bobby. It, is it misses and girlfriends or just misses and just bluffs? Well, he is from Brighton, so he may not actually have a girlfriend. Don't, don't want to cause controversy here, Bobby, but you never know. No, anyway, I'm sure um, he can find a what else happened in the Premiership this London. weekend? Let's think. Holby Portsmouth. That was a boring game. That's covered. Uh, um, do you know um, inter- interesting fact that you told me, Dave, that um, it's the third um, only nil-nil draw in the Premier League this season? Yeah, which shows that the Premiership's pretty entertaining this year. There's a lot of goals. No one can defend. It's funny. There's a lot of goals and there's a lot of set-piece goals. Yes. And hardly any of them being chipped in from Stoke. With none, like hardly any I've seen from their long throw. Mm-hmm. Not that I can recollect anyway. And... Seems to be every team just seems to be really bad at set pieces, or people actually practicing set pieces more because they know the gulf between each team isn't that big anymore. Mm. That they've really got to concentrate on set pieces because scoring from open play is going to be harder. You mentioned Stoke; they uh, had a bit of a smash and grab win at White Hart Lane, to oh, say the least. Yeah, Simerson was on fire, wasn't he? Yes, what and he only came in because uh, Sorensen got injured, I think, in the warm up, and Simerson came in very late. So that was a pretty impressive performance from Stoke to go to White Hart Lane and get a win. Uh, they, I counted at least like 10 chances they could have scored, scored from. Oh, Peter was, Crouch had a It load. was a bombardment throughout the whole game. And to be fair, the Stoke goal was superbly taken by Glenn Whelan. Glenn Whelan. Yeah. Uh, but is this now the the start of the, uh, the you know, is a Spurs season going to dip now? Uh, it normally does at this point, apparently. This is the point of the season where it all seems to go wrong for them. <laughs> yeah, well, it's after a year, um, like Harry Redknapp's been with them. Mm. And it's been a great year for him. He's done well. Um he just needs to shore up that defence. Thing is, Woodgate comes back into the side for I think the first time in a month, and within twenty minutes he comes off injured. Exactly, they're relying on people like Woodgate and King who who aren't fit. Who aren't fit? You know, I heard um, a statistic that Jonathan Woodgate has been fit for only sixty-one percent of the games in his career that he should have been. Yep. Like, and, it's, re- and, and then it's, King can, can't play two games in like two weeks. He can't even train. So it's a crying shame because Jonathan Woodgate is probably if one of the best defenders in the last 10 years we've seen in England but we haven't seen enough of him yeah. and if and he was fully fit he would definitely be a regular in the England team you saw his header off the line as well he's a great defender and James B's 
acrobatics on the line as well. But. That was a good win for Stoke, though, and um, they continued to defy the odds. I think someone made a point of um, could they actually challenge for a top-half finish. Um, right now, you've got to say that they're going to be in that area unless because they're, they're picking up results. Like Normally, it's their waveform, which has always been their... You know, hinder, but mm. that was a pretty big win for them, especially at White Hart Lane, where Tottenham are traditionally pretty strong, especially against weaker teams. Well, they've they're free scoring Spurs, but they need to shore up their defence. You know, that's that's shown. But I think that Stoke are really going to give um, the other teams a run for their money this season. Good old Stoke. So well done, um, Stoke. Yeah, well done, Stoke. Uh, what else happened? Give me um, a, give me a game. Wigan v Burnley. Yes, Vodalega again. Vodalega cannot stop scoring. The it, second goal was superb. That was a brilliant finish. Yep. Even though he didn't, like, the defenders, I think it was Clark Carlisle, he didn't press him quick enough. But still, you know, you, like Owen Coyle said it was bad defending for all of the goals. Like, fair enough, Brian Jensen, like, collapsed on his ankle for the first goal. Like, you can't blame him for that. Mm. It's been great for them this season. And, you know, the third goal was a set piece, but that Vodalega goal... You, you can't stop that. You've got to give credit to Roberto uh, Mar- Mar- Martinez. Mar- Martinez. Sorry, yeah, name, name sorry. blank there. Because he's coming from Swansea with a fantastic reputation and he's continued to do a really good job. Like, we're going to by far one of the better playing teams in the league and he's brought some fantastic players in the summer in. And you've got to say that, again, we're going to be like Stoke. We're going to be one of them teams that if some of the bigger teams who are struggling in the bottom half aren't careful, Wigan and Stoke are going to probably pimp... Uh, you know, take a spot in the top 10, which would be a fantastic achievement for both clubs, considering their budget allowance isn't probably anywhere near the size of most of the clubs in the league anyway. Yeah. Well, it was so. interesting to see that that was Wigan's only second away win of the mm. season, the first coming at um, Aston Villa at the start of the season. And it Burnley lost their record. But it just shows that Wigan were doing doing really well to take away their home, the Burnley's home record and to play some attractive football. I like, I like watching... Wigan, especially Roddy Ager, so He's a fantastic player. I know. He's um Who did they sign him off, do you know? Um it was Steve Bruce found him. Um I know he's um Colombian, mm. but I don't know if he might have gone from Wigan the have a superb East. scouting network in mm. South America. Like the players they've brought over, like Wilson Palacios is obviously from yeah. the I mean he's more Central American than you've got obviously yeah, Honduras. Antonio Valencia. You've got um now you've got a Palacio um Rodriguez. So they've got a fantastic And they've got Hondre Hondre Thomas as well who plays for them. And got, Figueroa. Figaro as well, who yeah. is this morning, I think, been linked with a move to Sunderland. Well, going he's back injured at the moment. Bruce. Yeah. So, yeah, Wigan, fair play to them. They're scouting the world and they, they're getting some absolute bargains. Yeah, so I bet if um, I bet if it was Paolo Di Canio who was um, throwing goal when Brian Jensen fell over, I bet he would pick up the ball. He probably would have. Yeah, see, Roddy Egg, he should have picked up the ball. No. He would have won fair play. Yeah. Paolo's been trying to get older. <laughs> um, also in the Premiership, West Ham got a much-needed confidence booster against Arsenal they were 2-0 down but they came back to draw 2-2 um, did you watch any of this game? Um, yeah I did I watched them um, watched a bit of the game and watched them um, the goals and you know the goals were well taken by Arsenal as usual although Robert Green for that first goal Van Persie's goal what was he doing? he just flew off his line like Superman <laughs> and just completely missed the ball well he's not, not having the best of times he at isn't the moment, is he? it's because he's under the spotlight yeah but why every goalkeeper who gets a chance for England ends up playing crap. Mm. We, but I, I, I think we should just um, we need to find someone else because <laughs> all our goalies are out of form. Da- I don't know how. Obviously, David James kept a clean sheet. Is he back? Is he playing now for Pompey? Yeah, I know he's he was playing. He was in that um, lovely pink but, kit. But Foster's now out of the United side. Green's been shaky since he actually played a game for England. So Definitely. it's 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 a bit worrying going into. Well, the since World he Cup. got that red card as well. Yeah, exactly. That yeah. didn't help him. 
But um, but no, I'm, I think. See, how do you see this? Is it West Ham doing brilliant for fighting back, or is it Arsenal not closing out the game? I mean, the problem with Arsenal is they probably had the chances. I didn't actually watch the whole of this game, but I guess they should have probably had this game sewn up before West Ham got back into oh, it. They were tuning them up, they were flying, they were, they were passing around. Yeah. And they come to the last confidence six, and yeah, then last 16 minutes. comes in and then panic stations. Uh, mm. But for West Ham, that was a great comeback. And hopefully, from Jan Flat and Cazola's perspective, that's going to kickstart their season. Because I mean, most people will say, obviously, we know you can't use the uh, phrase, you're too good to go down. But West Ham are. You look at their team, they've got some fantastic players. And hopefully that will kickstart their season. Yeah, I've seen reports that, um, you know, they're using all these youngsters at the moment and the youngsters aren't even getting paid, like, hardly anything. Like, Z- that Zavon Hines is only on, like, £400 a week. Yeah. Some ridiculous player. And he's arguably one of their best players this season. And then it's good to, to see that Collison's back. And he's one of the other... He's ones. a very talented yeah, midfielder. He's one of the ones who's... um He's on two grand a week. Yeah. That... Um, Defender Tom, James Tompkins, he's on like four grand a week. All these players are on really low wages, like for the premiership level, of course. But it's good to see that they're really um, taking over the experienced players, albeit most of them are injured at West Ham because they always are. But, you know, they they obviously need to sell players because they're in real financial trouble. So it's good to see all but these But it's great players. to see that young English players still being given chance in the premiership yeah, because if, England, if we are to progress as a... You know, national team, we need to see young players start progressing because the last five years, there's obviously been a few individuals, but there hasn't really been a whole group of fantastic young players. Hopefully, West Ham can springboard that. Yeah, and they've definitely, definitely got some great players. So Collison's a fantastic uh, player. Um, Junior Stavislas as well. Stanislas, they got obviously Zach Hines. Uh, the young centre-back seems to Tompkins, yeah. made a good start. Obviously, he made a mistake, I think, the other week. But in general, he's been pretty solid. Yeah. And, well, you especially know. as they had to sell um, James Collins for five million to raise the funds. Yeah. You know, even though they brought in Diamante, but I think I, I mean, the soft spot I've got West Ham is just around Zola. I really respect Gianfranco Zola. He was a great player, and he's such a gentleman. I met him actually. Um, I went to a one of the Masters events at Wembley, and oh. he actually made an appearance with Chelsea, and oh. I actually got to meet him. Play, general, absolute gentleman of a guy, and probably one of the nicest guys who's been around uh, football for the last twenty years. He's probably one of the. Uh, he made a difference. He was one of the most influential players to play in the Premiership, and. It's great to see him at West Ham and hopefully he'll be given the time to get things going again because it'd be a shame if they did um, decide to part ways. But right now he seems pretty stable there. I was just going to I was gonna say, I, I was going to do um, a uh, where are they now thing on Zola because he's been so influential, mm. but we know where he is. We so know where he is. We can find him. In five years' time, Gianfranco. <laughs> by then you'll probably be leading West Ham to the Premiership. You never know. Well, we hope. We hope. Um, what else <laughs> happened in the weekend? Um, Midlands derby... Um, Wolves played all right, you know. I don't rate Wolves, but they played well. Um, Didn't old Sylvan Ebanks Blake? He yeah, netted a, a penalty, penalty. yeah. yeah. Um, but Sidwell had um, <laughs> his shot um, cleared. Cleared. Um, it was an open goal, and he managed to smash it against Richard Dunn's ass. <laughs> and that's <laughs> and, a big ass to bang yeah, out. <laughs> no, and um, and Bang and Bong Lahore scored. Um, he controlled the ball. He let it sit in the six-yard area for at least about three, four seconds, and then slotted it home. Yeah. So that was a fantastic first touch, but nobody, like nobody, was there, no defenders. And um, Steve Bruce went back to the broom, ended up um, losing two-one. His Sunderland side. I was pretty surprised at that result. I thought Sunderland can go there and get three points. Maybe they're missing Catamore. Yes, big Maybe, loss. Yeah, because he's out for twelve weeks. Yeah, and, that's a um, shame. Cause he's been in great form. 
it was um, an own goal that they got. It, they were two 0 down. Um, Seb Larson helped assist two two goals, and Birmingham were actually on top in that game. But you know, it's sad to see that um, Steve Bruce's um, team didn't win. But you know, maybe maybe that's um, Birmingham trying to fight back. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard going away to stadiums like um, you know St Andrews, yep. and then going to like Molyneux and Br- and the Britannia Stadium, and obviously. Turf more because they need the points. This is their bread and butter. They need to win their home games, so it's harder to go away. No, that's a big win for Birmingham. They certainly need that. Now I think we've covered all the Premiership. Is that the games done and dusted? Um, any more to do? No, that's okay. That's we're going to go down to the Championship because at the end of last week's podcast we mentioned it. Uh, Gareth Southgate was finally released from Middlesbrough. Uh, they decided to part ways. And they've announced Gordon Strachan as the new manager. Now, Nick, you've obviously got a bit more knowledge of Strachan's recent uh, managerial yeah. career at Celtic. Do you think this is a good appointment by Middlesbrough? Um, yeah, I do think it's a great appointment for Middlesbrough. They've went. Um, this is the first time they've really went through the, down the experience route because their last four, like three managers, Brian Robson, he was a player and then became manager. Um, Steve McLaren, assistant, become manager, and then obviously Gareth Southgate, player, then become manager. So this is a new little thing for them to go for an experienced manager. But I think that this appointment will work for them yeah. just because they have so many youth players at Borough coming through. If they can keep hold of Adam Johnson, and they're they're, they're doing well on the table, then the results aren't br- like. Apparently, right. it's mainly been down to their performances. Yeah. Their performances at home have especially been a bit poor, and I know attendances have dropped a bit, and I think that maybe had something to do with the decision. But mm. hope I'm sure Middlesbrough will be fine. They'll definitely be up there with Newcastle and West Brom and Cardiff, challenging for them automatic spots. One thing I will say about Gordon Strachan, though, I don't understand his signings half the time. He will sign a player, and he won't play them. Now I understand that like signings need to get adjusted to the. Like especially if they're coming from abroad, but at Celtic he seemed to sign a lot of um, players and not really play them. Especially strikers. Yeah, especially strikers. Yeah, and um, Derek Rodan, no Riordan. Derek Riordan. Yeah, Riordan. And um, he's a fantastic young. Like he was a fantastic young player at the time. Now he's like twenty five, twenty six, and he's back at Hibs where he started his career. But he was a brilliant striker at the time, and he really could have pushed on, been one of Scotland's like first team regulars. But he just didn't even play them. Mm. And I know he's um, this manager that seems to have his favourites, and he will play his favourites. So let's see who he get, brings in. He'll probably he wants to bring Gary Coldwell down, which um, hopefully that'll be a good thing for Borough because it'll be a good thing for Selwick that he'll be off our hands. So I don't rate him that highly, but well, you know I think he'll do. I think he'll do well, and he'll definitely get him promoted. And he was living over here up until this new job came about. He's been here for the past few months here in LA. So yeah. Gordon's left the sunny climate of California to go to Middlesbrough and you know it's interesting um, his son Gavin Strachan has um, just re- um, just done a media degree and he's um, like now on various podcasts and journalism like he's got a journalism background now which knowledge is, yeah so. knowledge so yeah uh, Gordon Strachan is now at the Boa um, should, should we stick on the football league and just um, give um, Hope Power a mention yeah it's an interesting one um, go on, Nick you explain what's been going on here well basically um, Towered this week I um, is rumours that Hope Powell will um, be the next Grimsby manager. And obviously, first female to be mm-hmm. managing, really, in a, the professional leagues. I know there's a female manager that won um, a crazy like raffle ticket to become manager of a non-league team. 
and then now she's still manager just crazy enough i'll research more into that but i definitely there's definitely reports of that but i think this might be a good decision like for hope Powell, maybe to go into the men's professional game. She's done really brilliant with the England, England ladies. Yep. And it'll be nice to see it. But I remember mentioning this to you a couple of weeks ago, Dave. And what was your first response? I thought you were loopy. It was discussing the Middlesbrough job because we're talking about can actually Liverpool, uh, new, uh, sorry, the Middlesbrough job. We also talked about Strachan. I think I mentioned Alan Irvine. And then you came out of Hope Powell. I was like, are you being serious? And mm. then two days later, she's been linked with uh, the Grimsby job. Well, it's going to be like diff- difficult for her in the sense it's a masculine game. You know, there was going to be a lot of egos in the changing room if she was to take the job. And some some men aren't going to take orders from a woman. But it's up to, um, it's up to her to maybe bring in, like if she was to take the job, to bring in players that she knows that would feel comfortable with that and ship out sort of, um, you know, players with sort of like, I don't know, an old view on life. That's thing, because I'm sure you'll agree with me. Being over here, I look at that story, and it doesn't like shock me too much. Simply because obviously, with you know, women's soccer over here is growing so much. Mm. Playing, you know, coaches, it's not so much of a shock. But I'm sure back home, it's probably still very much the same as it was before I came out here. And mm. people are probably looking at that thinking, what are Grimsby thinking? Why are they going to give a job to a woman when there's, you know, many um, male coaches out there, good, well recognised male coaches are looking for jobs, but. Hope Powell, she's she's got a pro license. She's one of the most qualified coaches in the country. Why doesn't she deserve the chance? And yeah, it's a good argument. And um, you know, I think it's society's views need you know from generation to generation change. So our message back so. home is change your sexist views, England. Yeah, let's exactly. start a new campaign. <laughs> Give her the job. Give her the job. Give Hope a job. Um, She'll probably do better than one manager that got sacked this week in Europe, Ramos. Yes, uh, Juan de Ramos got sacked. Well, this is the thing. He got Three sacked... Three times from, in two years, isn't Yeah, well, he didn't get oh, sacked from Real Madrid. Really. It was more of an agreement. But he got sacked by CSK in Moscow after they lost to, I think, one of their Moscow rivals. Uh, I think there's Locomotive, quite a few... No, it? it's one of the other ones. There's about two or three in Moscow. Oh. <laughs> but um, they lost. And yeah, that's his uh, third so-called sacking in a matter of a year, which is pretty surprising. But let's talk a bit about Europe. I've got a little bit of a roundup before we hit onto other things. Uh, in Spain... Barcelona, I watched the highlights of this game this morning, were absolutely sensational. They uh, won 5-1 at home to Real Zaragoza. Uh, Seydou Keita grabs himself a hat-trick and Ibrahimovic scored a Ronaldo-esque free kick. Exactly, it was basically the same type of uh, free kicks that Ronaldo's been taking straight down the middle, but this time the goalie managed to get a hand on it, but instead of actually powering it out, he powered it into the roof of his own net. That's, a, uh, that's good for them to come back, especially after losing to being. Ruben Kazan. Yeah, and then they also drew the week before. Week. So yeah, because they were great goals in that game. So it's good that they've overturned Barca are that. back, and I think that's probably going to be the way the season goes. Real Madrid lost ground. They drew 0-0 against Sporting Gijon. Real Madrid's uh, last week has been a bit of a disaster. Losing at home to Milan and then obviously not winning this game means they've lost uh, some pace in the title race. And Ronaldo's I mean, not yeah. fit yet, and he's out right now. So, And I know Benzema's been getting a bit of uh, criticism from the uh, local press in Madrid, so... And Ronaldo's um, not going to come back until he's on service with Portugal in the playoffs. So he might get injured again. That's, so. two, that's only two, three weeks away, so he'll be back soon. Maybe that uh, spiritual curse that was put on him, maybe it's working. Maybe. <laughs> uh, Seville, they failed to take advantage. Um, they had a poorless uh, draw at home to, um, a poor goalless nil-nil draw at home to Espanyol. And one thing I was, I put struggle alert, struggle alert on my notes. Atletico Madrid, 
they're really down there at the bottom and they only managed a one or draw at home to Mallorca. Now, Atletico were... Sorry, did I say Real or Atletico then? Um, I, I think you said Atletico. Yeah, Atletico. They obviously lost to Chelsea in the midweek in the Champions League. And I looked at their stripe, uh, stripe partnership, Diego Forlan and Sergio Aguero, and they're at the bottom of La Liga. Well, um, Forlan um, got the golden boot. Yep. Last, I think it was last year again. Mm. I think that's two seasons in a row. They got a strong team. They got Samal playing for them. They got Maxi Rodriguez. Yeah. What are they doing down the bottom of La Liga? But um, I think they sat their manager this week as well. They probably did. They'll get yeah. Juan de Ramos in. He, he needs a job. Juan <laughs> day, you're going back to Madrid. Do you know what though? Help he was a good out. manager at Seville. Maybe he can turn it around. He was. It's because he had Freddy Canute. It was. Maybe he should be... Um... It's weird though because <laughs> since he's left Seville it's just all gone wrong for him. Like, we're going back to uh, Ramos but he came to Spurs with so much high expectation. That went completely wrong. And he won a ch- trophy for him. Yep. He won the season. League Cup or the Carling Cup and then he went to Madrid and he done an okay job. He stabilised Madrid because they were in absolute free fall when he, ca- when he came in and I think he got things stabilised there but there was never going to be a long term you know, hope to it and then obviously... He then went to CSK Moscow and it went wrong. So, Juan de Ramos is looking for a job for anyone who needs a poor manager who's got high reputation. We got Sven on the market. We got Juan de Ramos. Well, why didn't Ramos go to Notts County and join Sven? He could, of that would have been a partnership. Yeah, instead of his former assistant, yeah, so, Hans Becker. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, see name drops and all that. Yeah, we're getting name drops in everywhere. Yeah. Uh, Italy, Milan are finally starting to find some form. And there's even rumours going around that Ronaldinho is starting to look the player he was a few years ago. He's probably uh, excited because Beckham's coming back. He probably is. Beck's coming back. My friend. <laughs> he doesn't say like that, though. Oh, I wonder how they talk about him, that Braz- the, um, him lobbing semen. Yeah. Oh, contra- yeah, that must be hard. Did you like that joke? Beckham's pun? upset. Beckham was upset. <laughs> Beckham still is. You didn't uh, get that one, did you? I didn't get it. What was it? About Rob- Robinho and Beckham talking about lobbing Ronaldinho semen. Ronaldinho and oh, lobbing, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, Milan won 2-1 at Chievo. James would have been proud. Yeah, of that the one. thing is, like, this is the thing with James not here. Me and me and Nick can like say anything we want because normally he keeps us under control. We're like penguins leaving the zoo. We're going mad. <laughs> uh, Alessandro Nesta, the 89-year-old defender, managed to bang himself two goals in the win. Wow. So, yeah. How old he, he must be? I think he's like 33, yeah. 34. Don't quote me on that one, but. I think. Yeah. Or maybe that's just a squad number. Because yeah. in he, Italy, they've got crazy squad he looks, numbers. He looks, he looks younger with his uh, dark locks. You know, his long hair. Um, mm-hmm. So they won. And that's pretty much a shock because Milan was struggling up until the international break. Uh, Inter won. They grabs a 2-1 win. And Roma and Lazio are actually struggling down the bottom. So um, I'm sure that'll make for an interesting Rome derby when that next comes around. Uh, over in Germany, we love the Bundesliga. I don't know why. I love the Bundesliga. I love the name, just the Bundesliga. I like the, the fact that it's well supported and it's got higher it attendances yeah. than the EPL. Yes. So pull your finger out, please, English fans, yep. or drop the prices, drop please. Drop the prices. Yeah. That, that could be a rant. That was my dissertation when I was um, a football studies student. Yeah. So. Drop the prices. Uh, Bayer Leverkusen and Hamburg remain joint top. No, they can't seem to separate each other. When they win, both win, or they both draw, which was the case this weekend. Bayern Munich are in trouble, aren't they? Well, they actually won it this weekend, but uh, yeah, they're not having a great season. And I think Ribéry and Robin are injured. Yeah, both of them are injured. Yeah. And that, Ribéry's actually and doubtful for the, uh, I think, the uh, playoff. But they've got a brilliant strike force, though. They've got um, closer... Luca Tony, they've got Podolski. That's outstanding. They and I getting... think they've got a couple more as well. Yeah, and then they've got obviously Ribery, Rob, and they've got uh, Schwein- Schweinsteiger. Yeah, He's I like Schweinsteiger. Winger. He's a good player. Uh, so that's what's going on in Germany. In France, Lyon suffered their second consecutive league defeat. They lost 4-1 this weekend. But I don't get it. They managed in between them two defeats to win at Anfield. 
Like, do I you- think because they have no centre halves because um, the defender Chris was um, injured against Liverpool and um, Tulalan, who's a brilliant defensive midfielder, he was playing in defence for him. So they actually finished the game Anfield with two defensive midfielders playing in centre back yeah. and uh, playing centre backs, and I don't know how Liverpool didn't take advantage of that. Uh, so yeah, that's um, Bordeaux atop, which is about it from France. We're going to do a little MLS watch because the MLS season has now finished, and me and Nick actually had the. Privilege, or I don't well, you know. won some tickets. We come won, on, you, I won tickets. Yeah, come on. We won tickets. You're a happy man. I was a happy man. Uh, LA Galaxy uh, beat San Jose 2 0 to finish off their season, and actually, they're now going to play Chivas. And they won the Western Conference the, as well. They're the Western Conference champions, and this uh, on Sunday, they played the first leg of their two legged tie against Chivas, which is a bit of an LA derby because the Chivas USA team are based here in LA as well. Yeah. And that should be pretty good, and it's going to be good for. Los Angeles-based soccer fans to have two teams playing in the playoffs because it's been a long time since Galaxy got to the MLS playoffs. I think it's been two or three years now. They've yeah. missed out the last two years for sure. Well, since logis- been there. Logistically, it's just a brilliant game because they play all, all two games, like both games in the same stadium. So exactly. they don't need to go anywhere. Happy days. No away travel. No bus ride. No bus ride. <laughs> uh, also on note, we've made a point of it the last two weeks, but big congratulations to Nicola. She managed to win Miss LA Galaxy 2010. And that big check. And a big check. And she managed massive. to lose it. It's she, like one of the checks you got off Happy Gilmore. I know. <laughs> and he like he you takes just, in the car. Yeah, you just stuff it in your car. But then she said after, I don't know what I'd done with it. How can you lose it? It's a it's a check. It's huge. But she won. Uh, big up for Nicola. Uh, she's very happy with her win. She's still smiling. And apparently she's still sporting the crown. She's been spotted today in Baskin Robbins, still wearing the crown. She hasn't taken it off. So Nicola is Miss LA Galaxy 2010. She likes a bit of cream, does she? That's lame. <laughs> that is lame. Bad joke. Bad joke from Nick. We'll try and cut that out. We don't edit, so that's not going to be cut out. Oh, and um, there's reports that um, Henry may be coming to um, New York Red Bulls. Yes. Uh, but I, they, I they finished them bottom of the, the Eastern Conference. The thing is, Henry was originally linked with the Seattle Sounders before Lundberg went there. Yeah, so but they've already got one superstar. They can't have two. Or can they? Can't. LA Galaxy have. Uh, yeah. yeah Landon so. Donovan. We saw Landon after the game. Yeah. We saw him in In N Out Burger. And well, we saw Sean Franklin with his stupid haircut. Yeah, and also the If you know Sean Franklin is, then you're either a soccer geek like us, or... You're part of his, you know... On, you're one of his homies. Yeah, yeah. That, that, was, that was nice. We were going to talk to him, but we didn't want to get shot. Yeah, we were a bit worried. But uh, Landon <laughs> was pretty polite. I got his autograph, and we asked him to do an interview for the pond, say a few words, but we've got to speak to Galaxy's PR. So we probably won't be ha- hearing from Landon Donovan anytime soon. <laughs> but you never know. Probably not. At least um, Dave got a signed programme, though. Exactly. So, but um, if Henry does leave, there's some um, reports that his replacement will be Robinho, because he said um, this week that he's um, very happy that he's that Barcelona interests in me, and um, it makes it much easier for me to be the best player in the world at the new camp, the new camp, rather than the city of Manchester Stadium. That's a crazy, crazy quote. This week. Yeah, he's not like big headed at all, is he? His little Robinho. No. But it, could- I just don't think he likes the weather in Manchester. I think he's, you know, he doesn't like the cold, so it probably seems to go back to Spain. But. There's less expectation of him at the city of Manchester Stadium, surely. He could be now the best player. Now it probably player. is. Last year, no. This year, probably not, yeah. with the arrival of and Tevez Adebayor. Yeah, and he's been injured. Like When he comes back, he's just going to be a revelation, like a new sign-in. Where if, if he gets to Barcelona, the, the hype's going to be on him straight away. And um, they've already got great players in their team, so he's not going to be the best player in the world. No, he won't be. Just because they're passing to him doesn't mean he's going to be the best player in the world. I think it's fair to say Robinho hasn't lived up to the high expectation he came over to Europe with originally with Santos because he was being labelled as the new Pele. Yeah, I know we've heard that before with other players, but he literally was, for Santos for two years, incredible. And he went to Real Madrid and then they played him on the left instead of actually up front because they had players like, I think, Raul Van Nistelrooy. That was during Van Nistelrooy's time. And Robinho never really 
got it going. And obviously, he came to Man City, and he hasn't really done it for them. Like, considering the price tag, he hasn't had the same impact like Drogba had at Chelsea, the, like, the likes of Arsenal's had at Arsenal. He's in that calibre of player, and he just hasn't performed. Yeah. Well, um, he scored a lot of goals for them at the City of Manchester Stadium. That was when only it, the early came, parts but, of the season. Yeah, but when he went away from home, no chance. Nathaniel Klein marked him out of the game when we played him in the League Cup. And Nathaniel Klein can't get in our team right now. I don't know what that says. Um, so that's uh, Europe covered and all the talking points from Europe. I, th- I think we've Anything only got else? three things left. Yeah. Nick's going to do his uh, masterpiece. Yeah. And, um, ooh, fantasy that. Yeah, we'll talk about fantasy that. Why not? Okay, let's go on to your where is he now player profile. Who are we doing this week, Nicholas? Um, well, we're going to um, do um, a player who's named after a television show in... Uh, in England um, on BBC um, Pet to Rescue <laughs> <laughs> I knew that was going to be bad but it actually turned out pretty good Pet so, Rescue um, yeah and it's um, Daniel Vassell Petrescu so um, Dan Petrescu for anybody else and um, he was born on the 22nd of December 1967 in Bucharest in Romania he started his career at Stoa Bucharest in the youth teams. He got promoted to the um, first team by 1987 after spending the season on loan just to get some valuable experience. During his time at Stoa, um, where they were extremely successful at this time, like Stoa Bucharest were actually the first Eastern European team to claim the European Cup. Wow. Yeah, and in addition, this at this time, not only did they win it at 1987 when he first got like got into the first team, um, they were at the top of European football. They managed to get to the semi-finals the year after, and then get to the final the year after that in 1989. And um, they had four successive um, league titles and national cups at this time. And also, they had a 104-match undefeated streak in the championship, which is a world record. How many for that time? How many again? And still standing in Europe. 104 match unbeaten streak in their league. That is ridiculous. Like in the- That's incredible. Yeah, and they were... And like- considering <clears throat> how much of a big deal we made about Arsenal. the 49 uh, unbeaten run Arsenal had. The unvin- Invincibles. <laughs> yeah, and that's double that. And it, that's still standing. Well, That ain't going to be beaten anytime soon. Well, I don't think it... I don't think it will be being. No. That's fantastic. And um, so, as you can see, that Petrescu must have been some player to come through and make his mark in the first team. And he became a regular in that successful period, even scoring a goal to get them to the final in the, eight, the 1989 European Cup versus Galatasaray. So this um, success saw him get into the Romania first team, get his, win his first cap. Unfortunately, he didn't go to World Cup um, Italia due to injury. Then in 1991, he actually got a transfer to um, Italy with US Fogge. Um, in that period, um, he saw the club get promoted to Serie A. So he spent two seasons with them before Genoa snapped him up. Um, his great form got him um, into the Romania squad again for the US World Cup. He ends up being a part of the an important part of the successful team in Romania, who got to um, they got to the quarterfinals of the tournament. They were the w- group leaders, and Petrescu scored the only goal in the win against USA. So beating the team they were hosting the cup, and then at that time Petrescu was one of was um well regarded as um an attacking sort of fullback. He could play attacking fullback on midfield, and um. This great form and his great performance in the World Cup going to transfer to the EPL with um, Sheffield Wednesday. And he played one season at Sheffield Wednesday and he adapted really well. He's only a few, 
only a few foreign players were playing their trade in the EPL at the time. So it was um it was good to see that um they were trusting bringing in foreigners and he he was a great player and that get, got him a transfer to Chelsea where he played there for 5 years. He was um a very successful um he joined them in a very successful time. You know, they were playing sexy football under Rude Hullet and um they were winning um numerous championships. They ended up win- well, they ended up winning the FA Cup in 1997 and um the Charity Shield in 1997 under Hullet. And then he also played for Gianluca Viali, where um they were even more successful when they won the League Cup, the um Cup Winners' Cup and the UEFA Super Cup in nineteen ninety eight. So it's it was um, a very successful period for um, Chelsea at that time, and he was um, a prominent figure in the first team. And he also, in between these times, he also went to Euro '96 with um, Romania, but they didn't live up to expectations and didn't get any points. But Pachewski was actually um, sent off in the Cup Winners' Cup final against Stuttgart, although Zola's goal was enough to see them win the game. I remember that night. And he actually played um, a he played right wing back in a five-three-two formation. And he was really solid defensively, but he had so much license to attack, go forward, and he even scored um, a couple. Of, he always popped up with a couple of goals every season. Then um, he ended the successful, t- like this brilliant successful period, by going to the World Cup again with um, Romania, and that was France '98. And he actually scored against England, a late goal, um, shrugged off his teammate Graham Lasso and poked in the winner. And they finished um, first place in their group. And they actually lost a bet with their manager at the time, Angel Ordetescu. And um, they had to dye all their hair blonde. And I always remember, um, like, Pachescu with bright blonde hair. So I nice remember when they lined up for the national anthem the next game. It was like, they're all blonde. What's yeah, going on? They all dyed their hair Two blonde. Two days ago, they all had brown hair. And then they got blonde hair. And that was against Tunisia Something happening as well. in the sun. <laughs> and then Pachescu... Um, his five years at Chelsea ended badly. He fell out with Luca Viali after a defeat to Man United. He never played again for them. And then he dotted, he spent a season again at Bradford and then at Southampton. But it, it wasn't as memorable as his time at Chelsea. Then he returned back to Romania, played um, one last season with FC Nacional, where he, he played his last game in the Romanian Cup final in 2003. And then um, he retired. And um, it's funny, just a little interesting fact about Pachescu. Um, He's still considered like one of the best non-English players to play for them in the club's history. And he's really, he shows a sign of affection and a loyalty to the club by naming his daughter Chelsea. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. So well, pretty looks, sad, depends how you want to look at it. Well, it's not sad anymore because now he's pursued a career as a coach. And we got the job at Rapid Bucharest in 2004-2005 but after only six games of four months at the helm he resigned um, in January 2006 he became the manager of Polish champions Wizzle Kako I don't know Wizzle Kaku <laughs> Wizzle Kaku Kaku Krako or I don't know Witzel they're Polish I think it must be Witzel but um, they finished runners up um, in their first season so that's quite a good Good for them. But then um, a poor league start in 2006-2007 saw him lose his job. Um, but a week later, he was appointed the manager of Roman Liga 1 newly promoted team, Urea, Unaria, um, 
Arcassini. This is the problem when we do Romanian players. Trying to pronounce the club names is mission impossible. Well, say Unaria because yeah. um, they are actually playing now in the Champions League. And he finished, first of all, in his first season, he finished runner-up in the Uram- Romanian Cup. He qualified for the Champions League last season to be in it this season. And they're playing, they've sort of shocked all of um, the Premier League now. Oh, sorry, all of them, the Champions League. And they won against Rangers 4-1. They've drew against Stuttgart as well, which are a great German team. They, they've lost to Seville, but they're lying quite um, with four points in the group. So that's quite good for them. And, um, good job, Dan. Yeah, definitely. And especially as it's a very, very small club. Um, he's Since like he's been at the club, he's delivered the biggest trophy in their 55-year history. How big was it? Six foot? Seven foot? <laughs> Sorry. I just bought this big trophy. Have uh-huh. you seen the trophy they give out in Spain for the, uh, I think it's the Copa del... Uh, no, yeah, the Copa del Rey. Is that the one? Their, Copa del Toro or something? No, their version of the FA Cup. Yeah. Copa del Rey. It's, it's, it's huge. I, I was about to put my hands up and then notice you lot couldn't see it, but it's huge. <laughs> it's probably bigger than me. Well, I just think it's interesting that like he's won their first sort of championship, been really... um. You know, got a really big success with them. Got them in the Champions League. They're doing well with a small squad. They've got like one Brazilian, two Argentinian players, two Portuguese players, and the rest are Romanian. So that's pretty sweet for them. And um, he's actually been touted to be the future Stuart Bucharest manager next. So let's see what happens. But he's turned into a great manager. Might even do well in the Champions League this season. If not, he'll drop into the Europa League, I'm sure. Yeah. Well, welcome. I can't believe we're welcoming a Chelsea player into our Hall of Fame. I don't like that. But let's give him a little round of applause. I Dan, think he's a brilliant Dan player. Dan Chescu is in the Pond Hall of Fame. Goal scoring fullbacks. I'm going to set you a challenge next week, Nick. Your next uh, Hall of Fame ponder needs to be someone who's doing something strange now. Someone who's doing something completely diverse, different from what the normal player would do, i.e. coaching. I want something different. Try okay. and find a player who's doing something completely off the radar, so to speak. I found Pierre Van Hooydonk getting um, done for fraud. Yeah, that don't surprise <laughs> me. Uh, so yeah, no, welcome I, Dan Petrescu. I, I would uh, definitely find something a bit more strange. We're going to try and get the next few bits wrapped up. This is the next bit. Uh, fancy that. Ooh, fancy that. I've just nicked your spot, JD. Yes. Uh, I can say that I had an absolute bloody awful weekend because I didn't realise that Torres was back. And no, I don't think anybody no realised No one did. Torres, it was a surprise. I think it was a risk to be fair. They played him and I didn't put him back in. And I just didn't have... I've My last uh, point scoring weekend since the season started, and I'm now down to fourth. Guess who's the top of the table? F- yeah. God almighty. <laughs> <laughs> yes. 44 points this weekend. Yeah. See, it's Lampard. It is. Yeah, he ran the show. He did. So, and Drogba picked up one, so... That's good for me. Rainer kept a clean I'm happy sheet, for so. you. I really am. I'm over the moon. I'm going to do a dance for you. <laughs> um, so that's basically our fantasy teams. Uh, the Accumulator. Put a quid on it. Put so two quid on it next week. Yeah, we will. So Dave, Actually, don't. No, not with our guesses. I know. We, well, um, I managed to catch up from last week, and um, I got two right this weekend. That puts me up to five points. JD got one right, and he got the Liverpool result right. He said it was going to be a home win. So he's up to six, and you got everyone wrong, so you are, you are on six as well. So hopefully we'll have a better weekend. What have we got? So you have um, the London derby. Arsenal v Spurs. Where's that at? Is it the Emirates? Arsenal. Yeah, a home win. Okay. Um, Everton versus Villa. Mm. Um, I'll go for draw. Um, Stoke versus Wolves. It's home win. 
and Birmingham versus Man City. Away win. Away win. Okay. Um, as James isn't here this week, we might have to um, split his up. So you can take the first two. Actually, no, you can take the last two because you can take Palace and I'll take the first two. How does Great. that sound? So um, you have Sunderland versus West Ham. Uh, home win. Uh, oh, I'm going to go draw. Who are Palace? Got? I, can't, I don't even know who we're playing. Preston versus Palace. Oh, well, uh, home win. <laughs> Preston are going to win that. Yeah, they're doing well this season. And Alan Irvine. So I'll take James's Bolton versus Chelsea and I'll say away win. And Fulham versus Liverpool. And I'm actually going to put a draw for that one. I don't think Fulham I don't think Fulham would do well on that match. And I've also got Burnley versus Hull, which I predicted a home win. Portsmouth versus Wigan. I hate to say it. Sorry, Pompey fans, but away win. He's let you down. I know. He's given um, up on you. Manchester United versus Blackburn, home win, and Celtic versus Kilmarnock, home win. Fair enough. So I think um, that's sort of wrapping it up. Um, I got one email this week um, from my friend Andrew Bennett. He's um, brilliant. He's a brilliant um, Gunners fan. Also used to play professional, so that's quite good. Oh. And um, he said that um, about Arsenal's season, he said, "We'll score goals for fun, but we don't maintain our performances. Maybe next season. Um, next time." You talk about the Mighty Gunners. Give your old mate, Andrew, a little shout. Hello, Andrew. So, he- hey, Andrew. How are you doing? Hope you're doing well. And um, I don't think you're you're right in, um, writing off um, Arsenal this season. No. I think that, I've been, uh, they're our tip for the... I'm starting to believe in them. But again, it all depends on it's when funny. it comes up against the bigger team, so to speak. They need to get results. Well, he said that like, we don't maintain our performances. And that's twice that they've let go leads. Yep. Like in... In um, Europe against AZ Alkmaar. And, and they did let West go of the lead at Old Trafford early in the season. So, yeah, uh, that's about it. One thing I do want to make a request. I was obviously, because I spend a lot of my time on our Facebook fan page trying to network with our fans. And we have a very random fan in Green Bay who I have no mutual friends with on Facebook. So I want to know who are you? <laughs> I mean, how did you find us? Email us in at footypod at gmail.com. That's footy, F O. O-T-Y pod P-O-D at gmail.com I'm not going to spell Gmail (laughs) we think we made that clear last week I I love how I I spelled out Gmail but I don't know put um, dot com dot com yeah I didn't even say C-O-M dot D-O-T but yeah so our fan from Green Bay in Wisconsin who are you please let us know because I'm absolutely baffled how you found us because you haven't got no mutual friends with me on Facebook and that's saying something because I've got a lot of friends on Facebook <laughs> i got friends you're on Facebook all day you're an um, uh, internet I'm junkie I'm an internet, ju- internet yeah. junkie um, w- one thing we're going to leave um, the ponders with just something to think about um, basically today we didn't have JD which is a very big shame but um, you know maybe we'll just sack him I think <laughs> but it's, it's funny that you've had just me and Dave um, this week because this is a classic example of me and Dave. Me and Dave both um, lived together, and we were um, we got this we got this wardrobe from IKEA that we needed to put together, and um, this just shows you how me and Dave get on. So Dave's um, reading through the instructions, and he's like looking at the plan. He's turning it inside out. He's getting inside the instructions and really looking at it in depth, really reading, not really doing much, just like really like understanding what we need to do. And then there's me on the other side trying to build and just like trial and error, just putting putting things in places sometimes it shouldn't be, but you know just putting it together. But then by the end we built the best wardrobe. It was, and it was very quick that we done it in, and it just gives you two um, points of view and. We have both different opinions and we're very 
we're, we don't agree on much no. but we seem to do it on the show and you've got definitely two different people in one room so. it's a good wardrobe as well it looks great in the room <laughs> it does and all my clothes are in there now not yeah. scattered over the floor like and we, we've um, like a messy phone exchange d- student I was looking like <laughs> we got three drawers each so. yeah three drawers ah <laughs> oh. Okay, that's that about as many as the Premier League. So. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that is eight about it for the week. Uh, next week's podcast, I can't say too much, but listen in. There will be a few surprises. Two surprises, but I'm not saying what yet. You have to listen in next week. So have a fantastic week, guys. Remember to splash away. Enjoy splash. Enjoy the weather wherever you are. It's sunny here in California. I know it's probably not the same back home, but we will be here next week. So have a fantastic rest of the week. And... Yeah, me and Nick are off to see if we can get any of our players to fake swine flu to get a good result on the pitch. <laughs> We're trying to um, ambush Landon at In-N-Out Burger. Yeah. <laughs> see you later. Bye. See you later. Bye.